Welcome to the Homeschool Together podcast. Where one working mom and a stay-at-home dad help you navigate the nuts and bolts of the growing and dynamic world of homeschooling. With a focus on early learners. Like me! All the ins and outs of building and maintaining your homeschool life. Homeschool! Find out tips and tricks to make things like this easier. I'm reading! And ultimately, enjoy educating your kids. And what's that last thing? Have fun together! Did I do good, Daddy? (laughs) Yeah, you did, sweetie. Good job. Welcome back to Homeschool Together. Thanks so much for joining us. We are going to be having a lot of things in the show notes today, and this is mm-hmm. going to be kind of a, a two-parter episode. We, we promised we were going to come back and talk about all the great things that we learned about traveling overseas with our kids. And then on Thursday, we're going to have kind of like a, a great like tips and things that um, little items that we really liked. And yeah. we're also going to be doing a YouTube video, maybe a, a small series of videos um, on our YouTube channel. So keep an eye out there as well. Hit subscribe button. If you're not subscribed to the YouTube channel, that'd be great. We're getting really close to a thousand subscribers. So be that thousand subscriber. <laughs> Help us make pennies from YouTube. Yes, please. please yes. <laughs> yeah. So this is where we're going to get into uh, all the gear. We got a lot of gear before we left. Yeah. And there's some things that I, I think are like travel musts for us now. So we yeah. want to uh, show all that to you. And we'll talk about that with you on our short bite this week. Yeah, absolutely. So let's get into it. We went to Ireland for a month. If everybody has not listened to the, la- the last week's episode, go ahead and, and go listen to that. We talk about a lot of the reasons about why we went there, mm-hmm. what was the, you know, the draw and how it went and, and some of the how things. How we did our homeschooling there. And we did all the homeschooling. That, that's obviously the main thing is we're homeschooling podcast. How did we take our homeschooling, not just on the road, like as for a vacation. A lot of times people might say, hey, we're going on vacation, no homeschool this week. You know, but when you're there for a month, you have to start to think about, oh my gosh, I need to bring my homeschool with me. And we right. talked a lot about how to do that. But this episode today is specifically, how, you know, how do you plan for that, right? W- one of the things that you want to accomplish your goals, whether it's homeschooling or having a great trip, a lot of that comes in the preparation, right. especially since you're going overseas. It's one thing to like drive to grandma's house in this, n- the next day. Right, or, stay for a couple of weeks. Yeah, is... go, go to the, you know, Great Wolf Lodge here in, in Pacific <laughs> Northwest. You know, it's like a three-hour drive from here. So, you know, that's one thing. But getting on an airplane and flying somewhere is a challenge, but getting mm-hmm. on an airplane, going through customs, going to another country, yeah. it has like an added layer of mm-hmm. complexity and stuff. So today we wanted to talk about, you know, what tips and tricks that we, you know. Yeah, there was we, a we lot had, of preparation for we this. We had a lot of preparation. Mm-hmm. We failed a lot of times, and I think that's one of the best things you learn through failure, and we'll talk a lot about, you know, the things that didn't go well, but we caught early, and I think yeah. that was a big thing. Yeah, there was no, nothing catastrophic happened, thank goodness. So the first thing we want to do is talk about, you know, how do you approach travel with children, you know, that it's, it's hard enough. I remember us looking back on some of the travel we did before we had kids. That was always, you know, it can be stressful. Travel's a stressful thing, right? You, yeah. And, and we, tra- we kind of like go, go, go. We, yeah. we tend to be very active travelers. So yeah. when we travel, we don't tend to like just go and sit on a beach. We did that one time. We did that. It was actually fairly nice. It we, was, it was nice. We've only done it once and we'll, <laughs> we'll have been together. Um, this year is our, what is this? Our geez. 19th year together. Yeah. 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 I just realized, so, um, I was, yeah, as a side, uh, I, I was on a subreddit for college football and I realized that there are children and I'm going to call them children that are walking into their freshman year of college that were born the year I left college. 
Yeah, it's 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 a sad thought when you sad, get Sad, sad. <laughs> this has been your sad moment with Matthew Booth. <laughs> sad th- thought of the day. <laughs> so it's it's true. You know, we we look back at the way that we travel as individuals and as a couple, and yeah. that's very different than traveling with kids. And you know, if you've gone on short trips with your kids, you kind of know that. But it's, I think it's that, the intensity that you have to. Yeah, have. and when you when you're traveling for a long period of time, and especially when you're going overseas. That whole sense of like, wow, it's, you know, traveling with my kids, I got to take a lot of stuff. That is amplified so much because you have to pack quite a bit more. You have to be more prepared. Um, It's not like they don't have, you know, products, especially we went to Europe. It's not like it's hard to find things, but it's not as easy as we are all used to. So it definitely requires quite a bit more thought and planning. um, And you have to kind of get your brain in the mode of like, how am I going to do this with my kids and how am I going to do it for a month? And I think the the start of that is how do you choose where to go? Because where to go has a big influence on the way that your entire trip is going to run. And it's hard coming out of the pandemic. I think we all want to go everywhere. <laughs> so <laughs> how do you choose a spot? You know, we were talking a little bit when we were ending our trip about like... We always do this at the end of our trips. We <laughs> always talk about where we're going to go Where next. we're going to go next, right? <laughs> um, spoiler alert, we've decided on Orlando. <laughs> um, <laughs> Not because anything terrible happened in nothing Ireland. Nothing <laughs> bad happened, but we just realized that our, our daughter would really like to go to Orlando. Yeah. We want to do something while... Ireland was wonderful and they were very accommodating of children. Mm-hmm. It is not a, a place that is like, you know, made for kids. No. They they accommodate as best they can, but even going into the store and trying to find things like fruit snacks and, you know, kids granola bars and stuff was not like an easy thing to do because yeah. they just don't have as much for kids there. And so anyway, we did decide next year we're going to do something. Well, they don't, more have, they don't focused, have things that we were, our kids were familiar with. Like right. if we go to Orlando, there was no goldfish. we can go into a Publix and find you know, fruit snacks in abundance. It, right. Know, like the familiarity was more the the Right. The we wanted to do something domestic like, next year. It's not like there's not an Irish kid out there who who loves the taste of a Welch's fruit snack. <laughs> but you know, we just didn't find, you know, a lot of these same analogues there. And we there, you know, there were like fruit you know, fruit roll-ups and things of that no, there, nature. There was like, there was that was very hard to find. You yeah. had to look really hard in the natural yeah. section. Yes. Um, so anyways, we decided <laughs> next year... They have not found out how many different ways you can take corn syrup and, and mix it into things yeah. that kids will enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> so, so choosing a destination, one yeah. of the things we talked about when we were finishing Ireland was like, where are we going to go next? And you'd said, oh, well, maybe we should go back to Italy. Like we could go to Florence. <laughs> and I said that's just really not conducive. Our daughter's going to be four going on five, our youngest. And like, that's, she's, that's not right for her, right? We thought about like, what would we do? You know, going to Ireland was a very outdoor heavy place that had very low expectations for the kids, right? It's running around and looking at castles and old ruins of abbeys and stuff and a lot of natural beauty. Walking on the beaches, going on for hikes, down trails, whatever that might be. It doesn't ask a lot of them. It's not like going into a museum where you have to be quiet. If we're going to go to Florence, we're going to want to go see beautiful, museums and beautiful architecture and we're going to want to go into churches and see all this just glorious art you and all hiking, that stuff climbing through the il duomo yeah with, right with our five five-year-old right daddy why is it so hot daddy, <laughs> daddy what's going on daddy you can pass out daddy you look hot <laughs> yeah. <It's, laughs> yes people who know us know matt almost did pass out going did. up il duomo yeah. so anyways so when you think about where you're going to go you really have to have some you know think about are your kids the right age and the right yeah. temperament for where you want to go? Maybe it's a place you'd love to go, and we would love to take our kids to Florence someday, yeah. but they're not the right age right now. Our older daughter, maybe, but not our younger. Yeah. So, kind of have some realistic expectations about, and you know, when you're thinking about the place, 
is this asking too much of my child for their age and temperament right now? Maybe that needs to be put on put on the shelf. You had a you had a good term there is the overpacking the itinerary. You know, with, with right. adults, you guys, you know, we can accomplish a lot. Like we can go, okay, let's go over to this museum. Let's go get some food here. Let's go check out this bridge. Oh yeah. Let's go look at that building. And you, you got you can handle it, right? Because mm-hmm. you're you're going. I mean, flow. we think we can. Well, I know. We yeah. went we went for to Europe for four weeks when we were uh, just before we got pregnant with our older daughter. And by yeah. the third week, we were very f- travel fatigued. And travel, I have yeah. to say, we did not feel that way in this trip. And it's because we didn't overpack our itinerary. Yeah. You know, we we tried for like one goal a day, and maybe that goal was just to go to the playground. Yeah, right. Some days, you know, we you have to. What we really found with our kids is you have to like mix your days. You have to say like, this is a really high day. Today we're going to go and we're going to do this big castle tour. And that's our goal for the day. And the next day, we're just going to go to the grocery store and the playground and Watch a movie at walk, uh, back know, at home downtown, type thing. Maybe get a souvenir or something like that. Right, yeah. like we it's very small goals because exactly. the kids really need that rest time, even if it's just mental rest, even if they're still kind of you know running around and being active. I think that's one of the things that we see our kids be so active at home. We think like, oh yeah, when they're there, they'll just be active every day, just like they are here. But their brains are taking in so much sensory input of the yeah. new places that they are and all that that they really do need those down days. So have the right expectation for your kids and choose the right destination that can, you know, match those expectations. Yeah, even even though like you're just walking through a small town or you're going in, you know, down a trail to a park or you're walking down along a road, these things are all very different and we have to remember the kids are taking it all in. Mm-hmm. And for them they're processing this. I noticed our older daughter you know, would really get a little overwhelmed when it was really busy because we don't really have a, a town that's super busy, right? Mm-hmm. We don't live in like a, you know, like either a tourist town like what we were staying in where there's just a lot of people everywhere and everybody's walking. It's kind of a walkable town. We don't have a walkable town. And even if we did, there's just not a lot of people here. Mm-hmm. And so even just in a small town in Ireland, which I believe the town that we stayed in Killarney is actually smaller than our town population mm-hmm. wise, it was way more busy. And I just have to remember like, through her eyes, this is like a wild experience, right? Right. Let alone going to Dublin, which I think was very, the stimulation was like off the charts for her. Oh my gosh. Our little one, well, both our kids actually, both nights we were in Dublin, by the time we got back to our hotel, everyone passed out each night because even though it wasn't late, they were just, there's so much input. And you know, they're a little bit nervous. Yep. And not the little one, but the older one definitely yeah. is a little bit like not sure where she's at in new places. She just wants to make sure she's in the right spot. Is she okay? There's cars, there's buses. Yeah. It's really scary. There's traffic, yeah. there's horses, you know. So it, just make sure that you you uh, set the right expectations for what your kids can handle, what you can handle with your kids. Pick a good destination and set an itinerary that supports that. If you can travel for a month or longer, we highly recommend yeah. it. If you can't travel for that long and you can only go for a week or two weeks, really set those expectations correctly. For us, it took our kids three solid days to get over jet lag when we first flew there. Yep. So know that if <laughs> and you're... four getting back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, getting back yeah. was way worse. It's eight hours different from here to um, Dublin time. So it took a solid three days yeah. for them to feel like they were like they were going to bed at the right time and yeah. not waking up at weird times. And so know that if you can only spare a week... I really wouldn't recommend traveling overseas. Don't yeah. make too many time zone changes yeah. because it's just too hard. Adults, we can we can get our circadian rhythm kind of back on pace, although we did struggle with it quite a bit when we came home. But yeah. but the kids, they, they just can't. They have a hard time putting themselves to sleep at the right time. So yeah. really give yourself some time and don't set 
high expectations. Our first day when we got there, we knew that uh, we weren't going to do anything. Our whole goal was to go to the grocery store. And if everyone wanted to, we were going to try to go for a walk. And that was all we did our first day in this new country where there's so much to explore because we just knew that no one was prepared to do more than that. Exactly. And, you know, going through the comfort, sometimes the, your, your learners or your kids may feel a little uncomfortable and something Mm -hmm. that you, you were doing about, you were doing two really good things, I think, leading into the trip because our, our older was, our oldest was experience you know telling us that she was a little nervous a little Mm -hmm. little concerned and whatnot and you did a lot of youtube videos of walking you know showing what what where we're going you know Mm -hmm. what does it look like what do people do when they live there what is life like for these people not just the tourist places but actual like real life what's it like to be a kid there they look just like you and and then there's a like a calming thing and we also watched some videos about the flight you know what is the flight like because she couldn't really remember the last time she went on a plane flight and she, we found a video of a guy flying to Dublin from actually, I think from Seattle. And so this is the, actually the flight you're going to be on. This so, is what the airplane looks like. Exactly. Oh, look, they're feeding him food. Oh, he's reviewing the food, yeah, you know, exactly. and let's like watch this video. I think it calmed her down a lot about like a lot of the fears. and They you know, did. Yeah. Seeing what she was going to experience and seeing that it's not very scary. <laughs> Funny thing is we were telling her, a lot of times it's going to feel like you're rushing and then you are going to sit and be bored. And right, it's, the it's whole travel board, part of it. Board, right? Right? Get out of the car, get to security, and then sit for two hours. Yeah, wait, wait for a plane. <laughs> oh, we're getting on the plane, we're getting on the plane. Now we're going to sit for eight hours. Yeah, right, it's one of those exactly. Things. And they also, I really loved, and I don't know if this is a European Union thing or just an Irish thing, but they had all of these visual guides. Yeah. I was able to find a visual guide for Aer Lingus, which was the, the airline we flew. And I was able to find visual guides for several of the like museums and heritage sites we were yeah. going to go like a, to. It was like a PDF PowerPoint presentation. Exactly. And it was meant for folks who either had special needs or for children. Sensory or, issues. Yeah, yeah. Anyone who was concerned about the experience. So like Aer Lingus had one and it was able to, it walked through every step of getting on the airplane yeah. and what the engines would sound like and what the, the pilot would say and, and when the food would come and what they needed to do and all of that really helped um, our daughter and so one of the things that I the thought experiments I, that walking thought through. experiment yeah, yeah I had learned this in all of my therapy around anxiety and it really worked out great with my daughter which was to just kind of you know walk her through everything that was going to happen. Okay, first grandpa's going to come pick us up and then he's going to take us to the airport and then we're going to get out and we're going to go to this line and we're going to do this. And, you know, going through the whole stages of how we were going to get from our home to our townhouse in Killarney, that took me like a half an hour to run through all the steps, but she had her eyes closed. She could visualize it. Mm-hmm. She was she was mentally prepared. And drawing a lot of analogies to experiences that she has in the day-to-day. Mm-hmm. Now, imagine us driving to grandma's house. Imagine us driving to school. Imagine, you know, right. walking her through those thoughts, I think, really helps her ground Mm-hmm. the future expectations and the current experiences. Right. And we also grabbed some books from the library. There's one called, there's one series called Follow Me Around. Yeah. We got got the Follow Me Around Ireland book. It tells about a kid who lives there and it's what his day-to-day life was like. And that was really great because she could see that they're basically like us. We, we uh, did a lot of Google Maps work with the kids too, where we mm-hmm. would look at Google Maps. We yep. would uh, do a Apple AirPlay onto the TV and we would look at Google Maps and say, look, there's where the McDonald's is. <laughs> there's, there's where our house is going to well, be. And here's street- how we walk to there's the a ton park. of sh- street view options as well right. which is unbelievably powerful you know opportunity for you to mm-hmm. get comfortable actually for you as the parent as well to like okay 
this is what it's going to look like, or this mm-hmm. is what this road looks like. This is where I have to turn off here. And you start to get the landmarks. Yes. Like by the end of the trip, I was driving all around town, didn't have to think about it. Um, and if I did make a mistake, I could always go through a roundabout and come on back. All right. <laughs> but this is the ways that we help to prepare our kids, our kids yeah. and just make sure that, you know, our youngest was, she was, you know, at almost four, three and a half. She's kind of oblivious. Um, but our older daughter uh, at seven and a half, very aware and and it really helped to calm her butterflies about the whole trip yep. by doing these kind of preparation steps. If you're thinking about um, the the great travel items that you might want to put together, remember, stay, stay tuned to next Thursday on this Thursday coming mm-hmm. up and we're going to go through on our short bite a bunch of, you know, great little products and, and things that we use to help pack and, and get ready and everything. But Speaking about packing, you know, what was the approach to packing, especially, you know, you, you're taking a lot of stuff, right? Oh my and, gosh, and so you're much going, stuff. you're going there for a month and you, you immediately think, oh my gosh, I have to take a lot of stuff to the town, you know, to, you know, to the town with us, to mm-hmm. our townhouse. But that's not kind of really what we did. We said, okay, let's try to be as minimalist as possible, but yeah. be thoughtful in the turn, thinking about our children. The, the hard one I always thought was the children. Like, yeah. How are they going to be entertained through those, you know, 30 days? Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, they have rooms full of toys. You know? Yeah, what do you pack for them? What do you pack for them? It's a it's a challenge. So to set the scene, right, there are four of us, the two of us and our two children. Um, we had a, a, the car seat bag because we had to have the car seat bag with yep. their, their car seats in it. Um, but otherwise for us, you can imagine you've got a carry-on size roller, then there's the medium size, then there's the really big roller. We had two of the medium size. Yep one carry-on, and each of us had a backpack. Mm-hmm. And that is all we took with us. That was that was everything that we was, took for a whole month. It was impressive. For four people. So you can definitely do it. Um, one of the things that you really need to think about is once you get there, you've got a lot of stuff and trying to keep yourself organized. I was not a believer in packing cubes. I'm now a believer in packing cubes. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're wonderful. You can pack them really tight. For us, what worked best was for each person to have one or more cubes that were theirs mm-hmm. so that when we, it, they, it made for, you know, adjusting your packing as you're going really easy because you could just kind of swap things around. Yeah. And it also made it super easy when we got there to not open your bag and have you know, clothes spilling out everywhere. I used to just roll clothes up and they would just be in this big pile. Yeah. You know, if it gets opened by TSA or something, oh my gosh, you know, your whole system is like totally screwed up. So, yeah. you know, it worked out really well for us well, to do and, that. And to remember that the children's clothes beneficially are, are fairly small, you know, especially are. at this age. I, I know if you get a little bit older, 12-year-old, 14-year-old, they're, they're kind of adult size mm-hmm. and, and you might start to think about, okay, they have their own thing. Mm-hmm. We saw a bunch of families rolling through... Uh, actually, remember that one family that was in line behind us? They all had Patagonia bags, like nice big Patagonia bags. They were like a duffel with duffel a bag. With backpacks. Yeah, and that's all they were carrying because they came in line with, and they had a like one checked bag or something like that. But yeah. they were all carrying one backpack mm-hmm. and it had all of their stuff in it. Yes, goals. Hashtag goals. Whole goals. goals. Um, so uh, if you if you listen to our first episode, we did pack Razor scooters for our yes. daughters and their helmets. So that obviously took up quite a bit of room. Absolutely 100% worth it because, you know, we, one of the things about choosing your destination and and the type of trip you want to have is you need to make sure that you're aligning your goals with 
that yeah. with the, what the kids can do with your trip. And so for us, we have a goal to get a lot of steps. We want to walk a lot, be very active so we can eat and drink a lot while we're there. Exactly. Right? To enjoy um, ourselves. To yeah. enjoy ourselves. So we knew we had to pack scooters or else our kids weren't going to be able to keep up with the distance we'd want to walk. And that was wonderful for us. So that's another thing to consider, you know, when you're, you know, what your destination is. If your goal is you want to go to a ton of museums, but your kids aren't old enough yet, either you need to adjust your goals or find ways that you can switch off with the kids yeah. or, you know, or go to Have like a structured carrier that you carry your youngest on. Maybe. Yeah. Like when we went to Spain with our youngest, we went there because all of the things we wanted to see, we wanted to see palaces and stuff. Well, they're all open outdoor type palaces. Exactly. So we kind of got that feeling without her having to be quiet. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe you can make some adjustments. So um, we did pack scoot razor scooters for the kids, which was a big thing um, for us. We packed, I, I really recommend thinking about layers, not packing bulky things. There were a few things we packed too much of. I'm thinking of a man in this room with a certain sweater and a heavy jacket. I'm calling you out. Um, <laughs> you'll be better off packing in layers, especially, yeah. you know, if you're going someplace tropical, that's one thing. But if you're going someplace like this, you know, Ireland's weather. Where the, very, where the weather can be variable. Right. It can be variable. It can get pretty chilly and it can be not quite t-shirt weather, but almost in the sunshine. Yeah. Um, so we found the best thing to do was pack in layers so that you could keep your packing really minimalist and you didn't have this big heavy coat. Mm -hmm. um, so remember to pack a laundry bag or two. We packed two, which was great. We had yeah. a laundry bag. The kids had a laundry bag. However many days of clothes you want to pack. And we, we tried to, we packed about... Um, like four days of clothes, four days, yeah. about four or five days of clothes. Um, however much you pack for an adult, pack one and a half times for your kids yeah. because they tend to get things dirty. They won't rewear things. Even if it was clean, they'll put it in the laundry bag with something that was totally dirty. And now it's obviously tainted and you can't wear it. So, you know, pack extra for them. And sure. we found, especially with our, our preschooler, she just, you know, she gets things really dirty. So, but remember, if you've got laundry facilities, don't overpack. Yeah. You know, it's not like you're going to go buy new clothes, but it's, you know, try to try to be conscious. We packed, you know, jeans and dark pants and a variety of solid colored T-shirts so that we could mix and match. And then a couple of pullovers that were solid colors again so we could mix and match. So it didn't feel like we were wearing the same thing every day. If you pack something with a big logo on it or yeah. whatever, then all your pictures are going to be you in this big logo. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, be conscientious about that. Yeah. Um, and then we packed light, uh, light rain shells that yep. were like real, real thin windbreaker type rain shells um so really think about your clothes packing and how you can kind of trim it down and i think we even packed a little bit too much so exactly and then speaking of toiletries and you know obviously you got to bring your toothbrush and whatnot but you know do you need to have deodorant with you on the whole trip or do you just take a little travel one that you'll use through the airport through your travels and then when you finally get to your destination and then when you get there maybe you'll go to like for example we were going to the tesco and we would just say okay here's some toothpaste Here's some deodorant, here is some shampoo and conditioner and some soap, right. and now we're ready to go. Right. We basically packed, what I packed in the toiletry bag was enough stuff to get us yeah. overnight into the next morning mm -hmm. so that even if we got delayed or something, it had toothbrushes for all of us, toothpaste, deodorant for us, um, my contact solution, contact case, and spare contacts. Yeah. And that was kind of it because we knew that, you know, 
we didn't need to take a shower. If our plane got delayed or something weird happened, we'd be in a hotel that would have shampoo anyway. And yeah. would we really need to shower? Not that much. So we were fine. Um, we went ahead and I did not pack extra clothes on the flight for us. I did pack extra clothes on the flight for the, the kids. You never know if there's going to be an issue or whatnot. Right. Was one of the kids going to spill food all over their clothes? And we knew, like, let's Someone's say... going to get sick. Yeah, yeah let's say knows? that we ar- arrived and our bags didn't arrive. This was something we thought about. Like, what if they don't get here? Like, okay, well, we'll have another day's worth of clothes for the kids and you and I will have to go out and, you know, pick something up cheap or wear our clothes for one more day until our our bags arrive. And we were okay with that. We were willing to live with that to not have to take too much. Our goal was to pack as much in our checked baggage as possible because with International, you get a free checked bag for every person. Mm -hmm. So pack as much in there as we could so that we could go really light on the plane. Because one of the things that's really difficult to do in the airport, uh, especially now everyone's traveling, keep a hold of your kiddos hmm. is like a can be a really stressful thing and we didn't want to have to like worry about dragging bags with us and trying to hold hands with our kids so each person just had a backpack and these backpacks were the bags we used for hiking and day our kind of day packs throughout our trip so they really doubled for that but we really kept um, the only things we kept in our bags were like electronic stuff that we we yeah. couldn't afford to lose obviously my work laptop and my work stuff since i was yeah. going to be working remotely part of the time um the kids the the ipad and the tablets the kids yeah. wanted on the plane a couple of our camera stuff our kindles came as well yeah our kindles um phone chargers but the rest of it we tried to pack everything else we possibly could in the checked bag yeah. um, um but so. more you know going beyond just packing for you know clothing and travel and your toiletries and your electronics another thing just to think about is the medical aspect of traveling overseas you know bringing band-aids bringing um wraps bringing you know tylenol and motrin and things of that nature whatever you may need um you know feminine hygiene products and things of that nature right Mm -hmm. like you don't know what's coming you know in that travel we had a little ouch pouch that we traveled with in our backpacks and then we had a med kit in our backpacks that we we packed in the travel bags. Right. So our, our ouch pouch for the plane involved, yeah. you know, just some band-aids, some kids Dramamine in case they they were airsick for some reason, mm-hmm. some Dramamine for us in case we were airsick or just needed to go to sleep. Um and yeah. um and we had a little bit of cough medicine because our our do- our youngest was getting over a cough and she had some antibiotics she was on yeah. for that. So for an ear infection, actually. So we were, you know, we, we had to pack that stuff on the plane. But then the medical kit that we put in the, the checked bag was basically filled with things you could need if you were out on a hike. Yeah. We weren't. We knew we weren't going to ever be too rural because the kids can't really hike that far. Not no. at three. She can't hike that far. So you're, we're thinking like, you know, your basic alcohol wipes and, anti, you know, antibiotic cream and the Band-Aids, you know, just the, the, the simple stuff. And then anything you could need late at night. And I'm thinking here about like having a fever, right? Because mm-hmm. your kid never gets a fever at four o'clock in the afternoon. It's always at like 10 yeah, right or as midnight. Right as going to bed, yeah. And things in Europe, especially, and lots of other countries close a lot earlier than they do here. So yeah. we couldn't just, I mean, here we could run out to 24-hour pharmacy and, you know, 24-hour uh, convenience store and get like Tylenol. We, we couldn't do that there. Yeah. So we packed it, even though our kids weren't sick, you know, we, we knew, but it's never going to be at a convenient time. So we did, we did pack that and things like stomach aids, you know, mm-hmm. so anything you could need kind of middle of the night, we did pack a small thermometer as well. Um, I read somewhere, somebody said, don't pack a thermometer because you know, if your kid's got a fever, you know, if you've been a mom for a while, you know, or a dad, you, you can feel it. 
And I say, yes, but I want to know if the fever is going down once I give them that medicine. <laughs> yeah. And while I can tell there's still a fever, my hand is not good enough to get a degree reading. No. So I did pack a really tiny thermometer and I'm, I'm glad we had that. We didn't yeah. end up needing it, but those are the things that we decided to pack. And everything else we knew, we could go to the grocery store and get. If the kids developed a cough or something else, we could go get that the next day. But this is stuff that we might need when we didn't have access to a store. Exactly. And then kind of wrapping up the idea of packing you know you have all these things laid out we began to accumulate we had a kind of a packing area that we we were developing we had the bags in the certain areas we were um putting those things that we knew we needed um in into the bags or around the bags and then we did something we call a test pack we actually said Mm -hmm. okay you know we're one week out it's enough time for us to Amazon something. It was, a couple, it. it was a couple weeks out, and I'm yeah. glad because we did. We, we needed did. another suitcase. Yeah. But yeah, so we took things that were representative of what we would be packing. Maybe it yeah. wasn't exactly what, but I basically, I stood there like with a big checklist and I was like, all right, you no, grab. No, no, everybody. Hold on, Ariel, take a knee. <laughs> the checklists were by name of every person in our family. They were color-coded. From Excel, they had rows and columns, and I was handed these, not only during the test pack, but actually the final pack. I'm feeling attacked. No. I'm feeling personally attacked. And then everything was checkmarked because <laughs> she knew I like to do check marks, And so everything had areas where I could just check it off. And it was built in Excel. I, I don't know how many hours you... No, you spent five minutes on it, I know, because you're an Excel, you're, you're Excel wizard. But I'm, I'm sent some, I sent a picture of this to my friend. And I was like, I have a checklist. I have a, it's, it was built in Excel. Well, it's you know color what? coordinated. You, ne- you need to, you ne- hey, ladies, you know, we have to figure out what to pack. If we didn't figure it out, no one could pack correctly, you, you, right? Yeah, but you color coded it based on like clothing was green, electronics were pink. Right. Well, because it was a long list. I didn't want things to get, I wanted no, to be able I, to like have categories. I mean, it makes I sense. You, I give you a hard time because I appreciated it. Right. So I stood there with the list and I said, okay, you go grab four pairs of pants. You go grab three long sleeve shirts. You go grab this. And I had the kids were like, kids loved it. The kids absolutely loved it. They were running to their rooms and we had, we went on our big king size bed and everyone had a corner. They were supposed to pile all of their stuff in yep. each corner. And so I did. And I just, I didn't care. Five t-shirts, just whatever, because right? this is just for the test. And we had everything together and any anything we still had on order, we put a representative thing of that size and we went to pack it. And we found out we didn't have enough suitcases. We needed to buy that second yeah. medium-sized suitcase. Even after, you know, one of my great skills that I bring to packing and travel is my ability to play Tetris. Yeah, you're really good at that. And I'm very good at like packing stuff into, the, and so like when we ran out of space, we were like, yeah, we need to upgrade this back to one of those bags. Right. And then we'll have enough space. And so we knew like, okay, great. There's enough time to go get another bag. Yeah. And we were able to identify, ooh, you I know. I think it was really key doing the test pack with enough time. You have that to we do can, it early That enough. we can't just like, like, if you do it two days before, then you're you're having to rely on local access. Yeah. But if you have something that you specifically need to buy, like we needed to buy a big rolling hard case, very similar to the one we had. So we just hop on Amazon and buy that one again, right? Right. And to get that shipped to you, you know, might take a couple of days. Right. And we also identified during the test pack that there was a, there were, we had cords flying all over. So I got some cord wraps I ordered yeah, and right. we had some other things. I had to get some other containers. There was a few things that we identified that were going to be problematic. And when we saw all our clothes together, we were able to trim the clothing 
amount down a little bit. It's really easy on a spreadsheet to be like, yeah, you know, five pairs of pants and this. But once you see it, especially... It's like a recipe, yeah. You folks don't know, but you're very, very tall. Um, you're six foot six. So your clothes are big. I'm feeling attacked. So while the kids can have an extra pair of pants, it's not going to matter. Your extra pair of pants is like... Their entire pack. It's a big deal. It's all their clothes. Right? Equals one of the You need pants. a lot of packing cubes. Yes. So, <laughs> so anyway, the test pack was really important. I don't think it's necessary for every trip, but if you're traveling internationally and you're trying to make sure that you can fit everything in the space you've got, yeah. test pack. It was Absolutely. it was really important. So jumping on to the idea of reducing stress, basically, aka preventing issues, um, the first thing you need to do if you are thinking about traveling overseas, and you know we or even dreaming about it, even dreaming about it, like and and knowing that traveling overseas is not something that you're gonna pull your family together in the next three months. This is something you're thinking about, you know, nine months away or maybe a year away. Even going to Canada. It doesn't have to be, or Mexico. Like or, it doesn't yeah. have to be flying across the ocean. Yeah. But this this still holds true. You got to get your passports. Like do it now. Do it now. <laughs> Apply right now. And, and, Don't and think like, oh, I've go, got six months. Don't. Go Just do it. Go check your passports. See if it's about to expire maybe in six months. Right. Renew. Right. So most countries will not let you enter if your passport's going to expire within six months. So... Make sure that you have got plenty of time to get that new passport. And if you think you're going to be like at all in the gray zone of like, well, it should be, I could expedite it. Go to your passport office. You may have to drive a little bit to to a city to get to your passport office, but do what you can to apply as early as possible. And the same goes if you want to look at like consider getting global entry with TSA yeah. or TSA PreCheck or any of those programs. They are so, so backed up that yeah. if you are even like kind of fooling around with it go ahead and just we, do we it we applied now. for one of them right we applied for and, nexus and uh, we still have not gotten it. yeah right? it's been like eight months yeah so because we're so close to canada it was like oh yeah we'll apply for nexus and once we got once you and here's the problem once you apply for one of those programs we we found out after we applied for nexus the nexus global and the global entry one, global right? entry nexus gets you into canada this is just canada or canada and mexico i don't know um but anyway we applied for nexus and then we found out global entry was super fast because your parents got it. Mm-hmm. And once our application was like in process with Nexus, we couldn't switch. Yeah, right. We, we can't apply at all until we, it was done with the background check. So it's like stuck. Yeah. So we're having to wait. So And that's, and that's the ease through security and right. to, um, through customs, I think, as well. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's for customs. So, you know, really think about like if there's any travel program you might want to sign up for, it's worth it do it. Um, the other thing to be really on the lookout for our airport here at Seattle Tacoma has this TSA spot saver program. Yes. Look it up. If your airport has it, it's amazing. The, the local people who are listening to this, who have traveled through that airport, understand exactly what could hit you. You can get there one day and it's 15 minutes through TSA. Right. And the next day you're looking on Reddit on the subreddit for Seattle and it's a two and a half hour wait. And they're into get, the parking lot. And they're in the parking lot. And you're just like, it's, it's a crapshoot sometimes. Right. And so this basically is a free program yeah. that's offered by the airport, by TSA, where you sign up for a 30-minute window in which you can basically skip the line and get like VIP access. Yeah, they and this walk is what you, we did. Yeah, they walk you right up. You know, there, there in a lot of airports, there's like the long queuing line mm-hmm. to get into the TSA check. Um, for the foreign listeners, it's our security lines to get through into the magic space, which is inside the airport. Um, and... That whole line, they literally, it ends at a couple checkers who are checking your boarding pass and maybe and your, your passport. passport or your ID. And then you get to go through the the scanners and everything. They walk you right up to that point. Yeah. 
it felt very i felt like famous i felt very famous and it's a free program it's and you can free. adjust it uh up to right up to the appointment on on your phone like yeah. it's really easy so it was really nice yeah, yeah it was amazing especially if you have a lot of anxiety around like like for us we we got to the airport probably too early but we were just concerned right like we don't want to miss our international flight that only leaves seattle once a day right so they they recommend three to three and a half hours before your flight and we went with three and a half because we just wanted to be sure that we were going to be able to make it so really get to the airport early get those documents in place if they have spot saver check into it um next problem anxieties and whatnot ariel Tell them why the Chase Manhattan third-party bank uh, credit card is the worst. No, no. Okay, wait. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I don't know where you got all that. Okay, okay, okay. So we signed up for a Chase Sapphire uh freedom card um yeah. so that rewards, we, we mega, could yeah we wanted card, the, yeah. the mega rewards because we we're going to start traveling more and and so we wanted to get that and that's great and that's all fine um one of the things it allows you to do is take your points and transfer them into points in other services like airline yeah. points or rental car points or whatever yeah. but it also lets you just book things right through their travel portal so um and sometimes that is a lot cheaper and sometimes it's a lot cheaper you can get a better deal my my warning to you all is be very careful when booking with any third-party site. I also booked our airline tickets on so, so booking.com. Third-party, for example, is like, okay, you're going to get a Eurocar. If you can book straight through Eurocar, that's like that's like direct booking. Right, that's like What Ariel's talking party. about is that that's first-party. These people live in between them and mm-hmm. you. It's like, it's as if it was a travel agent. Yeah. So like I booked our airline tickets on booking.com for but, our Aer Lingus airline tickets. Yeah. I booked our rental car on the chase and used my points and I got a great deal. Yeah. This was back in like October. I'm feeling really good. I'm feeling high on life, right? <laughs> I've got everything worked out. Well, then I, I find out in like December, um, I realize, oh no, I have it for us to pick up our rental car one day early because our flight was overnight. So it's actually, we leave on the third, we get on on the fourth and I had us picking up the rental car on the third. So I go, okay, I just have an extra day on there. I just need to modify my reservation. So I call Chase. They can't do it. They call they call Europe, or actually it was Enterprise. Enterprise, Enterprise yeah. can't do it. Um, Enterprise is like, well, you didn't book with us, so we can't do it. So yeah. they go back to Chase. Chase goes, well, we can't make any changes. Because if you would have booked through Enterprise, they would have just modified right. it immediately. Enterprise would have modified it for they free. They told you that. They said, yeah, no big deal. Right. If you would have just booked with us, it would have been fine. I'm like, well, darn it. I booked with Chase. So then I go, well, Chase, can you do it? No. So I said to Enterprise, hey, can I just pick up my car a day later? I'll pay for the extra day. Because at this point, the rental car cost had gone up double. Yeah, that, that, that it was, was... going to cost us $2,800 <laughs> for our rental car instead of like 1500 bucks. So I was panicking well, a little bit. Well, not 1500 but also we were going to apply all the points to it. So it was actually going to bring it way well, down. Anyways, yeah. yes. Yeah. So I asked them. So we were going to lose a lot of money. I was like, I'll just pay for the extra day. Can I just, you know, can I'll just pick it up a day later? And they go, no, if you don't pick it up same day, you mm-hmm. forfeit your reservation and we keep all your money. <laughs> So, and then Enterprise is like, we can't change it. We could leave a note for the airport people and they could maybe do that. So, yeah. And then they said, okay, there's a window that if you get it by this window, but we didn't know if our flight would be delayed. Yeah, it's a 24-hour window. If your flight was, if our flight was delayed half an hour, we would have missed it and forfeited our money. So I had to, so then I, I thought, well, you know what? What about Aer Lingus? Why don't we change our flight and move it up a day and yeah. we'll see again. 
Air, I looked it up. Oh, Aer Lingus is charging no change fees right now. I'm like, awesome. So I contact them. They're like, wah, wah, you booked with a third party and that'll be $250 a person to change your airline tickets. <laughs> so had I booked directly with Aer Lingus, yeah. I could have just shifted our flight up a day and, and our Airbnb, that could have been shifted. That was all going to be fine. And this wouldn't have been a problem. So instead I had to cancel my rental car. And then we and had to wait. We had to wait until so that we could try. We waited for like four months for the price to try to come back down. you booked it like the month before. It ended up costing us like an extra 500 bucks at the end of it. Yeah. Then, but it, I mean, it wasn't, it was still it came, bad. It came back down. It, it was did such this, like, a silly mistake. S- yeah. Surgeon price, but it came right back. But down. I think that yeah. like overall, when I going with booking.com rather than booking with Aer Lingus, maybe saved us like $200 off of all four flights total. Yeah. Yeah. Like it wasn't significant enough. So my, my, <laughs> the sermon to you all is if you're going to book with third party, you need to be darn sure yeah. double and triple check that you've got the right information because it is not changeable. There are not reservation changes that are easily done in you, my experience. You went through so many levels of corporate bureaucracy. You wanted to talk it, to the next person. It the next was person. Bad. And we as creatures of the corporate world, understand the you know the systems that are at right. these there's companies. some guy that could just have have you done something up, in the yeah. system and ned, it would have been fine ned at the end of the row in cubicle 15 <laughs> yeah. can hit the button to make the change right and we know that guy's there but they just can't do it yeah and it, it was beyond frustrating yes. you guys so be really sure about your dates um be uh, be cautious and if it's not enough of a savings to book with third party just don't do it just but, book with the yeah. original well, and the provider is, if our flight was you know delayed and it wasn't our fault there's travel insurance built into everything and so that's we weren't going we to have to it's the, not like we were have, yeah it's not like we were going to have to eat the you know the no. rental cost because we showed up late because the plane was late that's that's you know within the travel insurance mm-hmm. this was a straight up mistake not i mean it was my mistake. It was, it was a goof, but like we we all, re, you know, we all thought, okay, that's no problem. We'll be able to fix this, and it it was not a fixable yeah, problem. I worked for like two weeks on it, and I could not fix it. You were getting really stressed about. I was it getting too. super stressed. It was right before Christmas, and you were like, "Let's just let it go and have yeah. a good holiday." Exactly. So, so point being, make sure that it's worth it to book with third party. Now, all this to to say that I we are actually really happy with the Chase Sapphire card, and one of the reasons we're happy with it is it provided travel insurance. Yes. If you're not going to have a credit card with travel insurance then I recommend you buy travel insurance. Mm-hmm. So with the card, we knew that if our plane got in late and and anything that we booked through the credit card, mm-hmm. our Airbnb or hotels, rental car, um, anything was going to be covered if something went awry in our travel. Um, the other thing that was going to be covered was our bags. For our, If our bags didn't show up, they were going to pay us like $500 a bag or something to get to, to, to replace our stuff when we got over there, which would have been awesome. They'd cover a hotel room yeah, if the, our flight the, got... The d- Razor Scooter is a limited edition. Thousand, <laughs> thousand bucks, please. <laughs> um, you know, if, if our flight got canceled and we had to stay overnight somewhere, they yeah. would have paid that. The other thing that was really big for us is that that card provided rental car collision damage insurance. So my other big de-stress tip thing is you have got to know your travel, your your car rental situation. If you're going overseas, yeah. that car rental situation, you have to understand really carefully. For example, Ireland, it is illegal for them to rent a car to somebody that doesn't have insurance. So if I had gotten there and I had not paid with that card. But it wasn't just that you needed a letter from Chase. Well, no, no, that's to prove we had insurance. Yeah, no, to prove you, it. You, 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 if you didn't have insurance, then it was going to be like an extra $30 a day for your cart. 
and we had our car for 30 days. So you can you do see how math. do yeah. the math. That would have been that would have been painful. And so we had it on our we had it from our our credit card, but I had done enough research to know that I needed to have a letter and that letter needed to be less than 2 weeks old that I could present to the rental car person to show them that we have proof of insurance. So really understand There's a lot of fine print. There was a lot this. of fine print. That letter had to have your name on it cuz you were the driver. Exactly. I had to book the car in your name with the credit card and we had to have that credit card in our possession when we rent it. Like there were some things. So that can all sound kind of stressful, but in the end, it all worked super smoothly because I knew about it. I was prepared. Like, for example, you had to have a driver's license that was more than two years old. That was the policy of Europe car. Well, you had just gotten your license renewed in the last year. So you didn't have one that showed you had had a license. So I was able to find a picture of your license, the, your previous one that I'd taken for some reason, for some document I needed. And I brought that with us. Just so in that case. If that had happened and they had said, oh, you look like you're a new driver, I would because your, your renewed license doesn't have the original issue date on it, yeah, right. um, then I would have been able to provide that. So really know your situation going into your rental car extremely well yeah. and protect there's a, there's yourself with travel insurance. There's a lot of gotchas there. There were some gotchas and it ended up being fine, but it was yeah. because I had to be... If you're not a naturally detail-oriented person, this is the part of your trip when it comes to your reservations and your rental card specific where you need to just really pull out all the stops and really research and be very careful. So yeah. that was and, one piece we, we did. And I know there's people out there who say, well, why didn't you just take the trains and everything? And that's true. We actually really considered the option of just saying, we're not going to go with the car. We're just going to do yeah. trains and everything. And there was a path for us to do that. Kind of. But it was it was diff it was a little bit more difficult. It the the areas we needed to go to didn't have direct train access. We would have been huffing it a lot. We're taking buses. We're taking buses. And our kids need car seats. Yes. So we may have made a different decision if our kids had been older yeah. because we and wouldn't have needed car seats. Specifically the areas we were in were driving focused. Yeah. Now you could take buses and rentals and shuttles and things that you can do that ubers and taxis and whatnot and yeah but uber's not super popular there no it was all taxi ireland's oriented. most conducive to driving a, a car that you're driving yeah. it really is they have a they have a trains and we, we never took one we wanted to take one but we didn't and that there was an option we could have done that and we, it would have been much harder and yeah. we wouldn't have gotten to see most of the really great sites because they're in the middle of the countryside there's exactly. like a castle everywhere yeah. on every corner and that field over there there's a castle and over there there's the ruins of an abbey and yeah. you know we needed a car for that so really think about whether you need a car because it is expensive obviously you're driving on the left hand side we did splurge for the automatic which i think <sighs> is something that you really need to be careful of yeah. it's one thing to drive on the left it's another to drive to on the left and shift shift with your left hand it's and yeah. use your clutch and yeah. so clutch was a bit normal but it was it the, the, so as so a pro tip i you know i'm a decent driver i've got at least you're a really good driver i've i've got i think about five hundred thousand miles under me um across mm -hmm. multiple cars in my entire driving life i'm not up to a million miles but i'm about at five hundred thousand. i'm a decent driver i've only been in one accident it wasn't my fault um and it was a little unsettling, but you, I got used to it. Driving on the right side of the road, it, it became natural. It was okay. Getting, getting, um, yeah, getting on the left side of the road, right side of the car. That was the hard part. Um, but really the hardest part of the entire driving experience was the shifting with my left hand. It mm -hmm. was such a foreign feeling to mm -hmm. me. You know, and a lot of times when you're shifting, 95% um, of the time when we're shifting, it's in, you know, comfortable, okay, I, I'm backed up. Okay, now I shift in the drive. Now I move forward. It's those 5% moments where like, I got to do a quick action. 
you know, oh, I got to move quick or, or I've got to do a quick UE or mm-hmm. something of that nature. That's where the shifting on the left side was really uncomfortable. It was, it was, it was the, it was, that the, was a challenge. It was the most unsettling thing about driving on the other side of the road was shifting with my other, with my left hand. And that was just shifting from drive to reverse. I could not imagine if I had to shift from first into, you know, mm-hmm. manual into reverse, it would have been so unsettling for me. So yeah, I, yeah, I, I, if you can, if you can splurge a little bit for the automatic, I would highly recommend it. Yeah, agreed. Absolutely. So knowing all those details, one of the things that can also help you with the, you know, the rental cars and and everything, get the app for that thing. You know, we had the Aer Lingus app, yeah. and you know, get get the get the right app for everything, um, and it's really helpful because that's a lo- a much easier spot to see your confirmations and to make changes if you have to, and get mm-hmm. messages and just. Um, I think that having the apps associated with each property that you're, you know, you're dealing with, whoever it is, airline or rental car or Airbnb or Expedia or whatever it is, mm-hmm. um, I found it easier to use the apps than trying to navigate websites on my phone. And talk a little bit about travel insurance, you know, going overseas, you know, if something, you know, heaven forbid happens to you, you know, what about the cost of that? You know, the concerns right. there. What, what did we pay for travel insurance for health? Right. So yeah, we have the travel insurance with the credit card, which I highly recommend doing. But then for health insurance, we have health insurance through my company. We have just, you know, kind of normal, good corporate health insurance, right? It's mm-hmm. nothing super special or super bad. It's just very medium. Um, but if you go overseas, anything that happens to you is immediately out of network. And if it's like, you know, if it was just the two of us traveling, I don't know that I'd feel maybe the same way about it. But with the kids, especially if one of them had like broken a leg, God forbid, it would have cost us a fortune. Some infection or something we don't know, right? We we don't know. And I think the kids are much more prone to get hurt, right? I mean, our, when I came back from my short stint in the UK, uh, from a short business trip and I came back, our little one, her whole nose was a giant scab because she had fallen at the playground while I was gone. Um, and fall on our face. So like the kids are more prone to accidents. I feel like travel health insurance is a really good thing. We paid $200 for the travel health insurance for all four of us for a month. Mm-hmm. Um, it was fine. I think it was from ING. And uh, I was able to have, um, I had a zero, a zero deductible on it. And mm-hmm. like, I don't remember what the limit was. Maybe it was like a hundred grand. I didn't go for the the highest limit. Um, but I just, I wanted to be able to say we could just go to a doctor. Mm-hmm. There's something wrong with the kids. We can just go to a doctor and we don't have to worry about it. And here it is. And really that was a pretty small price to pay to, to feel confident. Um, you can get quotes online and it's different depending on your ages and the kids' ages and what countries you're going to. Um, but for us, that gave me a lot of peace of mind. And we all had little uh, cards that I carried around that, show we were you know covered you know speaking about cards and things you're carrying around using google drive to have all of your important documents your reservations mm-hmm. everything um up in the cloud where you can access it anywhere in the world mm-hmm. that you have access to internet that is a super powerful thing also printing off backups that's a big thing that we like to do is both have a paper copy mm-hmm. and also have that digital copy up right. in the cloud i think is a, a very useful thing right having those having the digital copy of our passports in case oh, yeah. they got lost i mean it's one of those things where i i have a paper for everything but you know that if you lose something oh my gosh what am i going to do it's like it's nice yeah. to know that it's sitting there for me in google drive and it's ready I can, I can call it when I need to and, so, and I can save it for offline use. Exactly. So, so that's all about reassurance, but you know, when you leave somewhere, you're leaving behind one of your biggest assets, which is your house. 
um, one of the things that we we did was, you know, obviously you got to turn your water off um, to your house. I mean, yes. um, we, we did that and we drained out a little bit of the water pressure as well. Um, you got to hold your mail if you're going to be going this long. You're, you can't have your mail mm-hmm. pile up that much. And it's pretty obvious that your mailbox is full. <laughs> right, that, right. That don't, you know, these people aren't here. Um, we made very, very um, sure that we were not getting any packages at the time. And then we also coordinated with family and friends to come by the house, check on it. Um, uh, mow the lawn, mow the lawn. That was because we one. were going to be gone. It's funny as we record this right now, we yeah. know their neighbor of ours is on vacation because their lawn is really high. Yeah. Everyone knows in the whole neighborhood knows they're on vacation and we didn't want it to be obvious. So yeah. we did arrange for a neighbor's son to be able to come over and mow our lawn for us like halfway through the trip. Yeah, so and, it wouldn't look too bad. And also just um, his father came with him and he turned on both of our cars just to let it run for about 10, 15 minutes. We right. didn't want to come home to, you know, dead cars <laughs> right? Um, in yeah. case there was some issue or whatnot. Um, also, we set up our house to do yeah, this we did well. a bunch of home automation so we one of the things i loved most was we got a video doorbell if you don't already have one ring I, doorbell yep yep we got the the google one i think google um one, yeah. yep and so we really liked that and that gave me alerts immediately when anyone mm-hmm. was at our house i put all of our um i, I put a dawn till dusk light at the street yep. um i went ahead and put a wi-fi switch in for the exterior light so i could do a routine on Google Home and say every night turn on at this time and turn off at this yeah, time. The, the Wi-Fi switches, yes. yes. I had to put in the switches as well to this room that we're in right now, our office, and also our front lights that go on the front right. of the house. And so with those switches, I could tell them when to turn on and off. So every night we had like our office lights come on and then go off when it would be about bedtime. Yeah. And we had a couple of smart plugs throughout the house that we had bought that had lamps plugged into them. And I had those. So I had everything set up on routines and I set it up a few days in advance and we tested it all to make sure that it would work. So our front lights were on outside. There was a couple lights on in the house and then they would turn off. So it looked plausible we, we pulled the, uh, that we were, were home. Yeah, the Kevin McAllister home alone move. Yeah, we, yeah, we tried to. And our cars were in the driveway Mike, because Michael we had Jordan somebody not, drive us you know, to the airport. Driving on the train or anything. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> So it's important to think about your house. I think turning off the water was a really big one for me because I didn't want to worry about there being any problem with dripping. Yeah. We had an inside camera as well. We have like a, a hub. Yeah, the Google and, uh, Nest hub. Right. Yeah. And, and so, so we could always cue in on that. And mm-hmm. it, it was funny because we do get messages from that when the sun comes out because it comes through our windows and it it changes, it changes enough pixels on the screen from light to dark, you know, dark to light that it it'll cue hey there's movement in your kitchen and there's it's not it'll, it was really nice and comforting yeah. though to be but be, we could always tune into it and just check on the house yeah half a world away and be like mm, let's see what's going on in the kitchen oh and it's silent you don't hear any water dripping you don't no. hear so that was really and we, and we angled it so that you could see in the kitchen you could see the um the the fridge in case there's a leak out of the fridge and then down the hall towards the bathroom um and then the living room kind of thing we could see down the hall so you if there were some major catastrophic problem you know, we could see it and then we can immediately radio to family or friends to come and, you know, check on what's going right. on. Also, we had keys made for family and friends. So if they had to get into the house, um, that was there for we them. We taught them how to use the security system yep. that we had. So we, we did all of that. We also really prepared our house to arrive home. And this was a de-stress thing for me. Yeah, clean the, the day house, before, sheets. Yeah, the day before we left, I always wash my sheets before I go on vacation. And I think that's yeah. the best thing to come home. Everything's crisp and nice. Um, we went ahead and we ate. We spent about a month eating down freezer. The, the freezer yeah. and the pantry items that were going to go bad. And we really consolidated that all. And so we, we were as ready as we could be inside the house. And that helped... Us to have a lot less stress. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are kind of our de-stress tips. So let's talk a little bit of just a few more tips. I know we're going a little long here, but I, I think they're really helpful kind of just 
dumping all this information on you know what we learned and, and what we feel is like the best way to attack kind of a long travel here mm-hmm. going in line with the packing test where we sat through and, and tried to pack everything the next thing we did is the tech test oh my because, gosh this because, was your idea and it was brilliant yeah so like you know you're you're bringing at least two cell phones with two adults you're bringing you know uh, kindles you're bringing tablets you're Maybe bringing your laptop, laptops camera um, you're also going overseas so they have different plugs than us got here adapters. so we got adapters and you're you're doing all these things and you're laying it all out and you're you are charging hubs and maybe you have to take your um, IQ chargers because your your stupid iPhone doesn't charge off the stupid lightning connector and you need to <laughs> always... And so now I have all these little IQ chargers everywhere. You, we've got our Fitbits. Our, we have our Fitbit fi- chargers. Fitbit charger. So there was that. there was a lot that we had. And and one of the things about being in the US is you, you, I can get a cable for anything, right? I can go down to Walmart or wherever and get a cable. That's yeah. like no problem. But over there, we weren't sure what we would be able to get. And I'm checking the headphones you know your your earbuds so this is what your, we oh yeah. yeah so this is what we did we we laid it all out on the dining room table and we tested everything and yeah. we made sure that every cable worked that our charging setup worked yeah. one of the things we tested we had two sets of headphones we plugged them in with via a headphone splitter to the tablet the way that our kids would watch a movie together like yep. in the car or something and guess what? One of those headphones was a child's headphone. The other one was not. And the child's headphone was audio limited. The volume was limited. So one they was, were... It was super dim and the other one was louder. Right. And, and so we were like... imagine in a car driving down the oh, freeway. Yeah, it was not going to work. The, little, the younger kids going to be sitting there going, Daddy, I can't hear it. I can't hear right, it. I turn can't it up, turn it up. Turn so we turn it up so loud that it would blast out the other kid. Yep. So we were like, oh no. So that was another thing we had to buy before we left. We had to get another pair of headphones so that they would each have... The, the same, same set audio level, yeah. For the same audio level, um, there was a, a cable we found that was bad. Um, we had a we had a, a brick issue, one of our power bricks, yep. and we really laid it out and said, like, when we're there, how are we going to want to charge things so that we can find everything, and how are we going to want to organize this all with different? I have little, I have like a, a the cord keeper thing. We'll show you on the YouTube video. We had cord wraps. We had different packages for everything. We had a Roku that we brought yep. with us, and we we figured out like, okay. Here's what we think we can get on Roku when we're there. We went ahead and downloaded movies to the tablets from Netflix and Disney Plus and our subscriptions that we have because we didn't know if we get there, are we going to have access to everything? Yep. Spoiler alert, we did. we did. We had access to everything on Disney Plus. And we had access to Netflix. It was fine. We just used our Roku. It was great. Um, but we also brought an HDMI cable because mm-hmm. we just weren't sure. So we went through all the use case scenarios of what we were going to have to do with our technology to make sure that everything worked the way that we expected. And then we charged all of our equipment. Yep. So that was hugely important, I think. Yeah, the tech test was really good. Um, even beyond the importance of our tech, you know, tech is super important. Next thing is eating food. <laughs> tech know. is important, but then food. Yeah, in the hierarchy, in the hierarchy of needs, tech is obviously number one. Number two is food. Um, a lot of times our kids are picky eaters. Shocker, spoilers. Children don't like to eat things. Um, they did really good, though. They did really good. I'm really proud of them. The... We went ahead and packed food that could double as replacement meals, specifically when we first finally- Just for the plane. Just for the plane, but also when we first arrived to our location, the kids may be like totally out of sorts, upset, I'm angry, I'm hungry, you know, I don't want to eat any- We better have some granola bars I don't want this weird food. Okay, here's a packet of oatmeal. 
right? That I know you'll you'll eat, you'll enjoy. Right. Or here's a thing of cereal that I know you'll enjoy. So we, we didn't know on the plane they were going to give us a meal, but we didn't know if the kids were going to eat that meal or how they were going to feel about that Spoilers, meal. Spoilers, they did not like... I mean, it, was, one of, it was okay. It yeah. wasn't terrible, but it wasn't great. Um, wooden silverware is not... It was the not, wooden spoon not, yeah, that really turned the mac and cheese for them because they had kids' meals. Yeah. So we packed food for the plane that had enough protein and things that it could, it could double as a meal for them if they mm-hmm. didn't like the plane food. And you're right, we packed oatmeal because we knew that we'd be getting to our destination late in the evening and then we wanted to have something for them to eat in the morning that didn't require us to go to the grocery store so oatmeal worked out great mm-hmm. so we knew that we could we could take that um the other thing to really be careful with is what are you allowed to bring in as far as food so like we brought beef jerky but we had to consume it all on the plane because we weren't allowed to bring it into ireland because yeah. it wasn't from the eu um uh, likewise protein powder we really wanted to have protein powder. We had to look up where we could go there to get it. Because they wouldn't allow us to bring we it We couldn't in. bring it. So know yeah. what kinds of foods you're allowed to bring in. Pack things for your kids. We didn't pack foods for the entire trip. Mm-hmm. We just made sure that we were totally covered for the plane and the first morning yeah. that we were there. Well, and that was kind of it. Also, um, look up the the requirements for nursing mothers as well. I remember this when we went to Spain. We, we brought... Um, uh, breast milk along with us and, yeah and that and was okay that was okay um, you, ha- you had to declare it and declare do it all those the, things the so right way that is definitely something to think about as well um we also packed pajamas for the flight because we were going to do we were doing a red eye flight all the way there um that was really nice to kind of go through the nightly routine mm-hmm. get them into we made like PJs. a modified nighttime routine yeah. for them and we walked them through it before we got on the plane so they knew like this what is gonna what's like, going to yeah. be and they could get kind of ready for sleep we packed um a pillow and a blanket for each of them that, that rolled up really small and that really helped them to be as comfortable as one can be on yeah. the plane um next thing um pack a bag in a bag this is something you learned about a flight to taiwan i right Do, you pack have a, a bag in a bag, bag it's in, amazing there's a couple of there's i've got a couple we packed of a roller in our larger suitcase right so we had the medium-sized bag and the carry-on will fit inside it so when we packed originally we packed the carry-on down and then we just put it in the medium bag and took it with us so that when we came home we could separate the two and have room for souvenirs yep and so because if you're packing to the hilt Right. Right. You're not bringing anything back with you. Mm-hmm. Right. So we created that option to, to have that. And we also had a, you had a little disposable bag, um, kind of a, a nylon bag, like a gym bag as well that you yeah, kind of yeah. folded up and so you put away. So bring, uh, bring a collapsible bag. We had, we had a duffel bag and it was collapsible. Yep. And I also had a shopping bag that was collapsible. And so it just kind of folded down really tight. The duffel was great. In Seattle, we had to wear jackets to get to the airport because it was chilly, right? Mm-hmm. And so the moment that we got into the airport, we went ahead and I expanded the duffel and we threw all our jackets in there yep. because otherwise we would have been super hot in the airport. That was a great way to use the expandable duffel. On the way back, it was warm when we left Dublin, surprisingly enough, and we were able to pack all of our jackets in our yep. bags. It wasn't a big deal. So yeah, having things that collapse is a really great way to you know, have extra space when you might need it. Going back to the food, um, understanding that you know, you're going to be um, eating there, um, you're going to be cooking there, um, Googling and Google Mapsing and researching, you know, where are the grocery stores, mm-hmm. you know, where do you need to go to 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 find food and find your toiletries and, and wh- what that might be. And also understanding how late they're open because a lot of these stores will close earlier than we expect here or in the States. Or not open on a Sunday. Or not or... open. Or also think about when you're traveling because, you know, when we went, it was over the Easter holiday. Right. And, and parts of the country shut down shut for down Easter. Shut down for Easter. And we had to be aware of that. So we knew going into that weekend, oh, there, there may be more things closed this weekend than we expect. Let's make sure we get everything we need for, you know, we were only shopping for like two or three days ahead and mm-hmm. then we'd go back and get more stuff. 
And well, you know, we, it was like that Friday we said, oh, we need to buy a little bit more because going into that following day, it's going to be, you know, Easter and we think right. it's going to be closed. As Americans, we're just used to things being open all the it's time. Like, oh yeah, Walmart's open. Of course it's open. We're also used to our products lasting a lot longer. So this is just a note. Like, like the bread's, bread's, like the bread, it lasts like three days, guys. That's it. Because it's so, it, it, in Europe, it just doesn't, fillers, yeah, it yeah. doesn't have all the, the chemicals in it. So it really, it's like not good very long. Don't buy stuff that you want to, fresh things that you want to keep for a week because they won't. Mm-hmm. Um, and those grocery stores, we were able to look up the grocery store from here go on to their they called it click and collect but it's basically grocery pickup and look at all the products that we had so we were able to do meal planning from here because we were doing a mix of eating out and cooking ourselves at our townhouse and we did a lot of cooking ourselves and it was great because as much as you want to go out and have meals what we discovered about ireland and i'm sure this is true other places too is some of the touristy places will have irish food but in general the Irish don't go out to eat Irish food. They go out to eat Thai food and Indian food <laughs> and pizza, right? They don't go out to have a shepherd's pie. You can find one in like a, you know, a a touristy spot. But the other place, because they usually eat it at home. So what you can find, and we did this a lot in the grocery store, is like the ready-made meal type stuff where you would heat it up and it's store made. And that's where we had our most authentic Irish food was from the grocery store. That kind of ready-made foods, easy yeah. meal kits the that they would have at home. Yeah. There was some I, there was some products that are like like traditional classic Irish foods I didn't once see on a menu anywhere we went I had to get it at the grocery store mm-hmm. so you know but you can do a lot of that meal planning early and what we did is we planned in some some like comfort foods like our very first meal was breakfast for dinner mm-hmm. like we wanted to Brunner. ease our, yeah we wanted to ease our kids into stuff that they're you know, familiar with and they're familiar with but just kind of push them outside their comfort zone just a little bit and i have to say for our three-year-old being a fairly picky eater because she's you know she's a typical three-year-old uh she did great she ate a lot of things she was the first one to try black pudding um and the kids did really really well so but that'll give you an idea of what you can and cannot get you were there were some things we just literally couldn't get at the store so you have to know that going in um, you know corn tortillas i'm looking at you yeah i know so <laughs> if you want to you know, spoilers if you want to open up a taco business in in ireland you'll, you'll make a lot of money Love. um uh next thing we like to do is um wherever we go I, I like to go on google maps and download a local map you never know what the cell phone coverage we both had to get upgraded to the international plans on our phones and we had to turn on the roaming and we all forgot this. to turn on the roaming so we got there we had no, no internet, internet to go lo- we had to drive across the entire country with no internet with, and a, a, old, a rick steve's old, travel map old travel maps it was tiny it was a tiny travel map we're like well let's just go let's just it's, go west and we're gonna get there it's very funny how much we rely on our technology and we are offloading our knowledge onto these phones um but we didn't know about turning roaming on because you always have yeah. roaming off because you don't want to yeah. be accidentally charged for well, something. And the funny thing is the Google Maps <gasps> that I saved was I, I wanted to save the whole country, but I, I some for some weird reason, I cropped out Dublin. So when I opened up the map on my phone, I said, no, no big deal. I got an offline map. I saved the local map to my phone. And so I don't need internet. Yeah. I will always have a map and it will do my GPS and it'll tell me where I am. I had cropped out the edge of Dublin. And so going from the airport around the loop around the town to then get to the main artery that goes out towards Killarney, it didn't show up on my map. Yeah, that was a stressful time. Oh my gosh. So definitely download the entire area that you may be. You may travel through. On the local map. Took us a little bit to get our phones working. And yes, so we did. We we traversed the country without cell coverage. Exactly. That was fun. That was fun. Good good times. Good times. And a tire pressure warning that went off that we had to pull off on, find a gas station. And, you know, it's an adventure. It's always an adventure. Um, The final thing I think that, you know, something that you... 
you really cued in on, and I think it was a, a great revelation that we found, was that when we travel, make a local connection to that local area. Um, you don't necessarily have to do all the, you know, kind of touristy focused mm-hmm. actions. We found the girl guides. Um, we found the local sporting events. We found all these fun things that, you know, mm-hmm. locals end up doing in, in their area. Find local events, local theater maybe going on, um, the farmer's market that we did in, in Charlie. Right. Um, find the local events that are going on and really engage with those Yes, tourism is great and all the great places to go we see. We did all the touristy and, stuff and, and we, we loved did. it. And what we needed to, you know, when you're there for a month, you can kind of exhaust an area in, you know, three mile, three hour radius around your mm-hmm. area. You can exhaust it in 30 days and you may need to With add, stuff that your kids are willing to do. Let's say it that way. Yeah. If it was just us, there's a lot more we could have. We could have hiked a lot. and could have done a lot. We could have gone to the top of their 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 tallest mountain we would there's other things we, we would have done, done it but we with kids we had kind of seen and done a lot of the things yeah what, what was acceptable so i think you know finding those local connections which may take a little bit of effort and a little bit of work joining some local facebook groups mm-hmm. finding if they have a local subreddit things of that nature local things in, in those areas and see what's going on what what is going on you know this weekend at the whatever um going into local travel aid you know the travel um the tourist office, the tourist tourist information. They will tell you not only just, you know, how to get around the area and go to their famous places, but they'll also tell you, oh yeah, um, this weekend there's a, there's a big festival over here or. Right. There's there's a road rally race going on. There's a road rally race. We we went in to ask where the, where the Easter, Easter bunny uh, pictures and Easter egg hunts were going to be going on because we were there at Easter, you know, like it was stuff like that where, you know, getting in that local and, and, you know, we went to this, the world championships of Irish dance and our daughter does Irish dance. And so that was really fun. Um, but I didn't, the only reason I knew about that is because I went onto a local mom's group for the area and I said, is there anywhere, are any schools having any dance recitals? Is there yeah. anywhere we can hear trad music and watch Irish dancing that's not late at night? Because usually all the pubs, they start their music eight, later. Eight, nine o'clock and we're, right. you know, the, the little one's winding down at that time. Yeah, yeah. she's going to bed. So um, I said, is there anywhere we can go this earlier in the day? And somebody goes, oh, well, if you're here, there's this world championship going on. I didn't see the fact that a world championship was going on like a mile from where we were staying, <laughs> other than the small marquee right there at the convention center. You would never have known. You would never have known it was going on. We even would have if, had no idea. Even if we were in that town. Right. Like, why are all these girls walking around all bronzed up with bronzer and wearing <laughs> giant wigs? I don't know. You know, I mean, but so yeah. if you can, if they let you, not all local groups on Facebook will let you join, but these ones did. And I was able to ask questions of locals about things that were going on, mm-hmm. things that we should be aware of. And that was really special because as we as we said on the last episode, the times where we connected with locals and did the things that locals would do was some of the most fun. Going to the grocery store yeah. was so much fun. Our kids experience. had their favorite their favorite grocery stores, and they yep. had their favorite products at those grocery stores. And we got to try a lot of good things. And speaking of food, make a food rating sheet. We had a food rating sheet, and we filled it out the whole time. Everything we ate, yeah. scale of one to five, each family member got to fill things out. And I think doing that helped our little one especially want to try things so she could rate them. Yep. And that helped her get over her fear of like trying new things. She, she so. needs she needs to work on her she very rookie scorer she either one or a, five one or five i yeah. love it i love it five. Oh, i hate it i hate it. one <laughs> um so hopefully we you know we went through the full breath it's a little bit of a long podcast i know this is like a lot of information guys if there's something specific yeah. that we kind of touched on but you want to know more information about let us like know. let us know we can do another short bite it's it's a we're trying to download from our brains as much as we can remember about it. It was a it's, super successful trip for us. And I think the thing to go to walk away with it is that that vacation 
um, in its existence is not just that time. There is enormous amount of preparation work that needs to be done beforehand. Not if you're going for that long, really. And, and with I think, kids, I think with I think any, with, I think with any, tra- any, any travel, like even just when you come home, there's still things that happen uh, afterwards. You got to do all the laundry. You got to put everything, you got to put everything away. You've got to get back on the right time zone. You've got to get, you know, your kids back into, you know, you know, if you have a parent partnership or a co-op, you got to get them back into the flow of things. Mm-hmm. They're going to start seeing their friends again, whatever it might be. There is an enormous amount of work on, on both the beginning and the end of your trips and to really start thinking about that in the totality can be very, um, you know, scary and be mm-hmm. anxiety-inducing. I think approaching it, we we try to talk about as much of it as possible. How we plan for this, putting together checklists, putting together lists, doing mm-hmm. a lot of planning, thinking through a lot of the things leading up to it, so that you're prepared. I think preparation is obviously the key to success in, in any endeavor. Right. And I think we, you, you know, I didn't do much. You did most of it. Um, because that's you're you're an expert in that stuff. Um, I would just wing it. Well, so I think yeah. that the thing I was is, like, hey, let's get the big backpacks that we had before and just fill them up and let's I'm go. I'm like, oh, that's not gonna work. Okay, <laughs> I think if this seems overwhelming to you and you're like, yeah. oh my gosh, you guys have talked about so many things, break it down to the biggest pieces that you have to have first, and that's what we did. We got our flight, we got our place to stay for mm-hmm. our month. You know, get the big pieces that you need first, and then you can start kind of you know eating away at each thing each confirmation that you have, okay, what do we need to think about here? And I started pack lists and then, you know, we went over them and all this preparation work that you're going to do. And I didn't stress over it. I felt like, I I think that if I hadn't done all this prep and I had just winged it, I would have been super duper stressed. But as it was getting ready to go on this trip, I wasn't stressed at all because I felt like I was taking good concrete actions towards the trip. I knew that I was making good progress and I was doing the things I needed to do to be prepared. And because I was so prepared, I wasn't stressed on the trip at all. So all that work that you do in advance really, really pays off. And especially, you know, I do have anxiety issues and, and I, I did have like worries that I was going to be anxious on this trip. And I really wasn't because I knew that I had kind of all this stuff in order. And then this is, this is how we work. This is how we work even in homeschool, right? I plan and you execute. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what we did here. I planned it all. And then I knew that you were going to get us through, right? You you were going to be, you were going to execute, going to help make sure everyone was safe through the airport, help keep me from being scatterbrained. I mean, just, and you did a wonderful job of that. So lean into your strengths and your partner's strengths when you're trying to plan something like this and just take one step at a time. Step one, decide where you're going to go. When are you going to go? Get those plane tickets and get that lodging and, yeah. and rental car if you need it. The big pieces, just get the big pieces in place. And, and in fact, we did that and we didn't do any other planning for like months. Just like got just the big to, yeah. pieces and just were excited about it and did some fun stuff. And then, and then the closer we got, it's like, okay, now we'll start really thinking about how are we going to do this yeah. with our kids? Because it, it does take tons more preparation if this was just you and me we grab a bag throw some stuff in it and we would have gone and we would have been fine but with the kids you do really have to do quite a bit more planning and i think that with that planning you'll be just as successful if not more successful than we were absolutely um let's end this real quick on what we're consuming on netflix there's a baking show tell them about it oh yeah we're just watching junior bake-off it's great british baking but it's with kids it's adorable our kids love it it's been our favorite thing that we've been into lately um i just love the encouragement right they're also encouraging of each other it is making our kids want to bake a lot which isn't great for our um 
the cleanliness of our kitchen. That and our waistlines. But um, <laughs> it has been really nice to watch a show that has substance. They were also trying to watch like The Floor is Lava and that show's kind of, eh, you know, whereas... And Making Fun still only has one season. Yeah, I like Bake Off because these kids, they, they show that the kids have other interests outside baking. They show that they really love it. The kids help each other. If they have extra time, they help each other. It's just a really wholesome, positive energy type of show. So if you're into Great British Baking, watch Junior Bake Off with your kids on Netflix. Thanks so much for joining us today and making us a part of your homeschool journey. Please engage with us on social media. Join our Homeschool Together podcast group on Facebook and find us at Homeschool Together podcast on Instagram. We'd love to hear your feedback, questions, and recommendations. Until next time. Happy homeschooling!